five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Podcast on the internet. That's what the world is today. Hey, hey, it's a ball of confusion. What's going on, everybody? We're back again here. It is, uh, man, the green screen thing is weird. It's weird. It should be, should be happening. Hold on. Better than it is. Let me just see what I got here. Yes, okay, it's recognizing have a green screen. All right, well, we make the best of it. Sometimes the, the, the uh, I don't know, man. Technology, it's a fucking ball of confusion is what it is. And I do my best, you know, I'm not, I'm not some, you know, senior citizen and ARP person. Like, I, it's not like I don't understand technology. But every now and then, it doesn't work the way you want it to. This is what's been going on with Uranus transiting my sixth house. I've been having a fucking hard time with technology. Oh, look who's here. Speaking of technology, come on over. You're going to come up today? Wow. we got a rosy sighting today. Um, I, it's a good segue to talk about uh, alternative healing and can you make it up here? You got some juice? Can you do it? Oh, it's a long one. You, you, can you do it? Oh, boy. I don't know. She might not be able to get up here today. Can you do it? How about from there? Do you want my help? Hold on. All right, come on. Come on. There we go. Oh. Oh. There she is. The miracle cat. I've got a miracle story. I had a, I had a couple of miracle stories to share with you today. One doesn't end so well. Could have ended better. The other one, the most bizarre miracle story you've probably ever heard in your life. I'm going to save it to the end of the show so you can stick around. And trust me, it will be worth it. it the anecdote that I, it's not even an anecdote. It's a, it's a news story. The news story I'll share with you will get you thinking about the world in a very different fucking kind of way if you haven't already gone down that path. So we have Rosie here. I know, you're doing pretty well, aren't you? Uh, and you, you, I've, I've chronicled her battle with uh, carcinoma in her lungs. And you're really kind of at death's door. And it's been, it's been tricky for a lot of people with pets. We know that uh, Ryan 
uh, really went through it last week with uh, his little beloved critter, Squeaky. Uh, Joan has a cat that's like peaking into 20 years right now at this point and losing a ton of weight, right? So we're, we're going through a lot with our pets. We're going through a lot with our loved ones and, and a lot of people are leaving the planet still. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be a point of discussion today as we dissect the ball of confusion. Is that the whitest fucking crowd at the end of that? No, you're not that white. You're not that white. You're kind of, you're, you're, you're a mixture. You're mixed. You're like, uh, she's a mulatto. Nobody uses that word anymore, do they? I think it's, I think it's supposedly derogatory. Mulatto. That's not derogatory. That that speaks to who she is. She's a mixed breed because this is what you know these these cats are. They got all kinds of things going on in them, right? She mews a lot, so she's a mulatto. Yeah. So I've been using the uh, the Rife machine, as you guys know, and man, a world of difference. But we we had to give the Rife machine back. And uh, so I got hooked up with the Spooky 2. And I spent about an hour yesterday with Masaki. He was showing me the, uh, the ins and outs of the Spooky 2 and how to, how to you know, pilot it through the software program. So the Spooky 2 is very interesting. It all works on frequency. And there are a number of different codes. Just, it's like the Rife in a lot of ways. Uh, a number of different codes for the frequencies. And uh, it has a generator, right? So it's, it's got a pulse generator. And the pulse generator, it hooks into your computer and there's a, an interface. You can download uh, the Spooky 2 program and the drivers and all that stuff. And there's different ways that you can access the Spooky 2. Um, you can do, it, do a remote version of it, which I'm probably going to do with her. There's also... The, the, the hands, the hand rods you can hold on to. Uh, they've got about four or five different ways that you can actually tap into, you know, whatever you need to with the Spooky 2. So we're going to, I'm going to start that today. I just got it all hooked up yesterday. Yes, I know. You're going to be the recipient of it. So I'll keep you posted, see if she continues to improve. That is the one thing about Uranus in my sixth house that uh, could be... <laughs> It could be a, a bonus and a benefit in getting into, you know, these uh, spiritual healing technologies. There's a bonus to that, I think, because so far, Uranus in my sixth house has not been a lot of fun. I mean, just in terms of schedule, time, you know, shit going wrong. Like I took my truck. It's a total first world problem, but I took my truck. I have this old truck I've been working on for the last, I don't know two and a half years. And I got it to a point where it was, I'm like, oh man, it's great. Okay, it starts, it stops. I got the seat reupholstered. Um, I got a new dash in it. I got a radio put in there. Uh, we, we clear coated it. We did, we did three layers of clear coat. It's got this, you know, kind of rusty patina. You know, it's not perfect, but it looks cool, right? I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to fire this thing up. Soon as I get it to that point, the brakes stop fucking working. I'm like, what is up with this? Right. 
looking around, you know, master cylinder, got to change that out, brake booster, change that out, right? Oh, it's going to work now. No, it doesn't work. It's like, all right. Then as we're getting ready to put it on a, on a dolly and tow it to these mechanics down the road, it doesn't fucking start. It had been running. It was running. And then all of a sudden it just stops. Boom. I'm like, then I can't start it. So now it doesn't start and it doesn't stop. It had been starting and had been stopping up to a certain point. So I put all this work in. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to drive this thing. And then nothing. So then I took it down the road here. There's a there's a uh, garage and they, they specialize in trucks just down the road. So again, these are all fucking first world problems, right? But I brought, um, I tried to get AAA out here a couple times. Not easy. The people that run this AAA business in Kerrville, not good. Not good. So I think what happened, because I, I complained enough to them. Oh, here's what happened. Eventually, I take the, the truck winds up at this place. And they're nice guys. They're, they're local guys, nice guys. But like everybody else, understaffed. They're understaffed. So they don't, they don't have enough people to work. And getting parts now for vehicles is not easy. So they have a backlog on parts and they have an understaffed crew, which means guess what? The cars pile up just like fucking Shanghai. Right. But a bit different. So I get delivered down there. They seem like nice guys. They seem like they know what the problem is. And uh, six weeks later, they haven't done anything. I drive past it all the time. Oh, there's my truck still there has moved. And I had gone in there like three times over the course of the six week period, you know, like every two weeks, Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Right. Well, we finally got your parts and we just, you know, we're really back. You'll hear the same thing from everybody. So what happens? Nothing. I call my guy in, uh, Austin, who used to work on my cars. And I called AAA last week. And the call goes out to the same people who just are incredibly slow. But I think they recognized me. I think they recognized uh, my vehicle, whatever. And they said that they're too busy to come out and pick me up. So then AAA had to find somebody else. Thank God, because the people that they did find were there when they said they were going to be there. So that actually worked out in my favor. Now my my truck is in Austin and we'll see what happens there. But it's just been weird, man. The whole thing with with uh, with technology and even time, you know, it's been it's been a weird, weird journey. So I'm hoping that with the introduction of these uh, these healing technologies, that I'll get some I'll get some use and traction out of Uranus going through my sixth house. Yeah, there's there's the other cat who's up on the uh, air conditioner outside. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry about yesterday. I was laughing and you weren't. Uh, you know, the joke was on me. Ultimately, um, I played a clip of Franklin Ajay. I uploaded the whole show yesterday 
to rumble. And uh, so the whole show's up there and a better clip, a better version of the Sting track. I rewatched yesterday's show in the beginning. It's like, what is going on here? Is this like a, like an AOL dial-up account or what? And I was like, fuck, this is you know, not good. So I re-uploaded that video and I re-uploaded the Franklin Ajay video. It was very funny. So if you feel like watching that clip, it's on the website. I do my best with the limited resources that I do have to keep this thing rolling, rolling down the tracks. Anyway, love that song, Ball of Confusion. The Temptations. So I've watched that video a couple of times. I was trying to figure out the pattern of their routine. There's a pattern. And it's, it's like not what you would think, right? But there is a pattern because they go through the, the song. Well, they, they go through the song once, but they go through the chorus a couple of times. And uh, when they do that, right, they make their moves. So you have the two guys on the end. I don't know the lead singer. I, I, I'm sure I know his name, but I know Eddie Kendricks, who's the falsetto. The two guys, the two main guys in The Temptations were Eddie Kendricks and David Ruffin. And I think they wrote most of the tunes. I think David Ruffin was the guy that wrote almost all the tunes. But Eddie Kendricks had that great high falsetto. Keep on trucking, baby. Got to keep on trucking. Right? Anyway, they're doing their thing in the end. Uh, and then the three guys who are to the right of them, you know, they're, they're off, you know, they'll turn to the side and they'll turn to the front, but, but it's not random at all, right? It looks a little random, which was kind of cool, right? Because they don't, they didn't want to look like too choreographed, but it was choreographed. And I, and I love this, right? They're like, yeah, this is their ball of confusion, right? Spinning around and round, round we go. Where the world's headed, nobody knows. Things are getting fucking weird, okay? They're getting really weird, and they're ramping up. And we're, we're here to capture it all, witness it all, comment on it all, and what you do with it all, that is up to you, right? That's up to you. Because we, we are, we are it, it's, it's kind of like we're headed down, we're headed down Pike's Peak, and the brakes aren't good. That's that's where that's where this thing is going now, right? We're headed down Pike's Peak and the brakes aren't good. So you got you gotta you gotta let Jesus take the wheel, more than likely. That's probably not a bad metaphor. Although I'm getting a little weirded out with Christianity. I, I I've said that um last week. And I'm not a, I'm not I'm not I'm not an anti-Christian by any sense. Like I, I think there's beautiful things in Christianity and uh you know, there are some, some codes to live by, right? The Logos. The Logos, as E. Michael Jones would uh, has, um, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. He, he, how he has prophetically, in, in my estimation, talked about the, no, the, the, the gnosis of our reality and everything around us, it's Logos and it's rising. And a lot of the confusion that we're seeing is due to this fact. Some of it is manufactured 
some of it is real. Some of it is a byproduct of the, of the manufacturer confusion. But there's this overwhelming sense that people are really waking up. And I know a lot of people don't think that that's true, but I do think it's true. Now, where they wake up into, that's a whole other story. That's TBD, right? So we're going to get into a lot of that today. And Roe Ro, Ro v. Wade, I was up late last night and I started to read when it was breaking. And um, I'm going to get into that. Also, there's the big Pfizer study. It, was, it wasn't a study. It was their, 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 their stats. And they were forced by a court to dump their, their, their stats and their data. And it's not good. We know, we've been knowing for a while that it's not good. And we'll get into that today. Those are the two big main topics. There's more, obviously. We got the escalation of the Ukrainian war. We've got this uh, representative from Arizona who is putting it on the table that we should have a formal declaration of war against Russia. This is fucking insane. It's insane. The amount of money that's already gone into Ukraine, I mean, if somebody did the math on it, and I think it's, I think it's up to, it's beyond $33 billion. I mean, that was the last esoteric and, and occult uh, number that they had agreed upon to send to Ukraine. Somebody did the number, uh, the math on how many homeless there are in the United States. And they divided that by the, the last dump of money to Ukraine. And it came out to $55,000 per homeless person. Now, in today's society, that wouldn't last very long, especially if you're buying drugs. You burn through that probably in about two months. Maybe, maybe three if you're lucky. Maybe three if you're, you're pulling your money together with another, 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 uh, another druggie. So, I mean, it's a nice number and everything, but you can't expect somebody who's homeless and give them $55,000. Oh, hey, thanks. I'm just going to turn my life around. No, it's systemic. It's deeper than that. It's not really going to do much of anything, if at all. You, I mean, you might be able to get a place to live, Let's say you, you could actually find a place in a relatively decent part of the United States. I mean, let's, let's pick a city, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Knoxville. Let's take Knoxville, Tennessee. It's a college town. Even Knoxville has probably gone way up. But let's just use Knoxville. You might be able to find a place in Knoxville for $1,000 a month. Okay, that's not bad but you're into $12,000 right there. That is almost a fifth, right, of your of your money. That would leave you with somewhere like what, 40, what, $43,000? I think $43,000. You'd probably spend about, I don't know, $1,000 a month on everything else, right? That's minimum. So now you're into $24,000, $24,000. And that's a little 
less than half of the $55,000 you would get. Oh, you want to, you like that mic? Do you want to purr for people? Or do you want to meow for people? Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You, you were not homeless. You've never been homeless. Unlike Jasper, who was a street cat. Jasper was homeless. He, Jasper was born on the streets of San Francisco. He's a Quinn Martin production. Um, but just do the math on that. $55,000, you burn through half of it. Let's say you have to, again, we're just playing this out. You get, you've got to get clothing. Um, you've got to somehow rehabilitate your physical body. You know, by the time you go through everything, and let's say you want to have transportation, that's a whole other thing. $55,000 in the hands of a homeless person, if they are in a program and are trying to do their best to get rehabilitated and reclaim their lives, it's a year, it's gone, it's done. And then what? You know, then what? The thing is systemic. And I understand that it was a noble effort to, to do the math on a problem, which I think is not a bad thing to do. Now, if you took the other money that they sent to Ukraine, which prior to the $33 billion, I think it was 15, put you up to about 58 billion, right? So maybe they get 70,000 or $75,000 per person which probably is close to the math. Still, you know, that's a little over a year. You might have about a year and a half of life fuel on that. Again, it's, it's systemic. And, you know, this is what people, like managing a planet, managing a society, and even managing a city, it's not easy. You know, sometimes the best of intentions really fuck things up. So one of the things that they wanted to do in Africa was to eliminate disease. That's a noble thing, right? We're going to eliminate disease. We're going to do everything we can to cut down malaria, which is a big killer in Africa. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to eradicate, fill in, you know, blank disease. Now in Africa, the, I think the average birth rate of a family was upwards of like eight people. And the reason why is because of the attrition rate. You, know, you have, let's say you have eight people in your family, three die, you got five. Out of those five, maybe three or four might be really functional. It could contribute somewhere down the line with the tribe, either through having more kids or at least doing something reasonably functional for that group, right? That's why they had a lot of people, sometimes upwards of 12 people in a family because the attrition rate was high. Now, so then what happens? You come in and you start inoculating people uh, and you know, eradicated malaria, which is the big killer, right? And you still have those people, but you have a, the attrition rate is less. So instead of like say having, I don't know, let's, let's call it 10. 10, 10 kids and let's say four of them die, which is not unreasonable based on some of the numbers. Now out of that 10, one might die. You got nine. So you, you just run that all the way across the continent and you have a major uptick in population. So then what do you have? Like you've got starvation, 
right? Because the systems have not been set up to support the number of people who are now surviving due to better uh, cleanliness, cleaner water. And I'm not saying that those things shouldn't be done, right? I'm not saying they shouldn't be done, but it's just not a lot of, not a lot of foresight because people see the suffering in the world and we said, we want to alleviate the suffering. I get it. I totally get it. But quite often when that happens, something else is born out of it. Sometimes more suffering is born out of it, which is fairly ironic. I remember reading this one book, I forget the name of it, but it was talking about some of these problems in the world. And one of the things that they, it was, a story, it was this, um, it was a story about banks in Liberia, another African thing. And apparently banks were like, they didn't have, like when you go to a bank now, if you still go to a bank, I, I haven't, I have a bank account, but I haven't, I haven't been into a physical bank and with my account for a long time. Um, but you know, you go in and you, you go through the rope, right? You're like, it's the, it's the human sort of, you know, cattle It's it's the human cattle trail all the way up to the teller. Well, they didn't have these things in Liberia. So they had kind of this anarchic system. It wasn't even a system. It's just anarchy to get help from the teller. Cause of course they, they have banks in Liberia. I know, I know. So they said they decided to put the rope system in and people fucking lost their shit. And they just lost it. They, they couldn't handle it. There was, it was like, it, it caused more of a ruckus by putting the, the, you know, the ropes in and creating the, you know, the human cattle trail all the way up to the, to the teller because they had, they had, even though their system was chaotic, it worked for them. Like they figured out how to deal with what we would consider to be something completely unreasonable, but they'd figured it out. Right. So the intended consequences is to bring more order into a space that didn't have as much really turned out to create more disorder and more chaos. And I don't know where they are now. I don't know if they kept the human cattle ropes up or they went back to the, the bank anarchy. I'm not sure. But it was, an, it, was an, it was an interesting, again, another interesting story about these well-intended consequences that just completely go off the rails. Happens a lot, right? Sometimes it works and sometimes you're the thing that as a person or as a group or as a community that you set out to do and to make a difference or to help somebody, sometimes it works and it's a good feeling. Sometimes it doesn't. And we're, we're in this period now where Aquarius is really trying to establish itself and, and, and I wouldn't say dominate the space, but we're in it now. We're in this place where things don't always work out the way that we want them to. It's the way it is. Reversal of fortune uh, may not be a bad thing during these times because that's just the nature of Aquarius. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Rosie's feeling very affectionate today. All right. Uh, we do have a sponsor for today's show. And that sponsor, of course, is True Hemp Science. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate all of your 
uh, participation in whatever format you are experiencing uh, this program on. We appreciate that. And uh, let me get to the uh, true hemp science side of things. There we go. And there I am. Okay. Ball of confusion. That's what the world is today. Hey, 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 if you want to limit your confusion, if you want to mellow out and also deal with the pernicious issues of inflammation, uh, CBD is your friend. Particularly if you have a hard time sleeping at night. Again, I sound like a broken record here. But the reason why I sound like a broken record is because Chris's CBD gummies work. You Again, you can taste the terpenes in the gummy. These are very powerful, very potent sleep aids. And they do have other uh, types of CBD. Uh, they have CBD for just flat out healing, pain relief. They have CBD for pets. And uh, again, we, you, you, Chris has been on the show. Uh, you've heard his story. He is an independent business dude living in Austin, employing people, doing everything in his power to keep his business afloat, keep other people employed, and help bring something to the world that is a benefit to the world. There's a lot of CBD out there. You trust me. There's a shit ton of CBD, uh, and I and I'll be honest. You know, I've I've tried a few other brands of CBD, but I've been I've known Chris since 2014. Uses CBD off and on throughout the years. It works, so I don't really feel like I need to go anywhere else. Uh, if you click here at the True Hemp Science link on my homepage, 15 minutes of flame you can get $20 worth of free product if you spend over $100. 15 mins, the one five M-I-N-S is your code that gets you your extra $20 gift from Christopher Lynch and True Hemp Science. There we go. All right, let me check in with, uh, check in with you guys. See what's up with you. That's what the world is today. Great balls of confusion. Empath in the house. What's going on, Empath? Sony. I love how you guys say, say Sony's is always hello, hyphen, hello. I love it. Uh, there's my girl, Fran. What's going on, Fran? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Thor at the door. Big Steve's in the house. What's going on, Steve? Good to see you as well. I'll reach out to you today. Uh, who else do we have? Oh, my God. Who is that? Miss Nakia. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Morning. There she is, JJ. I'll be doing a uh, an in-depth interview with Nish today. JJ plays the role of a moderator in Nish's uh, streams. So it's a Nish world today. We're going to get into music and a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be fun. Um, I may not play it this Friday. I may play it next Friday. But uh, we're going to have Nish in the can. What I mean by that, obviously, is the, the interview. Not you can't you can't put Nish in a can. No way. Uh, let's see who else do we have. 
Garrett Brooks, good morning, my friend. Good to see you, TJ. What's going on, Thomas? Good to see you here. Wendy says, again, hello, beautiful people. Love the greetings. There's my man, Ryan. What's going on? IWW. Uh, Mr. Kid, what a clusterfuck to wake up to this morning. I say it's Chiron, Mars and Aries. Mars is getting there. Not quite. But we are going to have, we're going to have conflict. That much, it, it, I, I, I could bet on that. We're going to have conflict. We're either going to have conflict here or more conflict in Ukraine, which is a, just another clusterfuck story. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Ukraine today. Uh, let's see. There's Jake. What's going on? G to G. Good to see you here. Your book, your book cannot come out fast enough. Can't wait to have you on as a guest. Uh, let's see who else do we have. <laughs> Queen Lisa. What's going on, Queen Lisa? Hope King Pat is doing well. I saw King Pat over in Telegram chat. Let's see who else do we have. Mark Matheny. Had him work. Double M. So, Mark, you had Jupiter conjecting your son. That must have been a cool time for you. Uh, why can't I get on Robert's box cast easily? I don't know. We're having a hard time with uh, the old technology world. Uh, let's see. Tamara Scrubbies. Hey, Tamara. There's a there's a, a spooky two person. Who else do we have? Hucklebuck. What's going on, Hucklebuck411? Good day back at you. Uh, oh, yeah, you guys are, you're into the rosy. I'm behind in the chat, so you're coming out rosy now. Yeah, you got to stick around to the end. Sorry. It'll be worth it, though. Trust me. At least it would be worth it to me, because I think it's, well, you'll see. Double B, Beth Berry, checking in. Uh, let's see. Oh, somebody has a, oh, Lisa's got the spooky too. Uh, Maurice, what's going on? Maurice, Cliff High. Oh, yes. Uncle Cliffy. Who else do we have? Anybody new? Kelly B. Hi, Kelly. Chris and Steve, my father had a Texaco station in Brooklyn. Used to be able to eat lunch while changing an alternator. So much room in my 70 Catalina. They don't make them like that anymore. They do not make them like that anymore. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm wearing the black today. The end of yesterday so was such uh, such a joy-filled moment. You know, I, I why? Because you guys saw me cracking up to Franklin Ajay. Like that, that was you know that was really an uncensored moment. What was that song by the Church? Unguarded. That was an unguarded moment because I thought I was playing the video and I was laughing because he's funny. Franklin Ajay is one of the underrated comedians in uh, the history of comedy. And the thing about Franklin Ajay is he wasn't dirty. He could do his routine pretty much anywhere. 
right? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't rely on, um, on profanity. And you can see the seeds of Dave Chappelle and Franklin Ajay. Franklin Ajay's got a great bit about the Jamaican bobsled team too. He's done that quite a few times. Christians aren't Christians. Yeah, the Christianity thing is weird because I was, I was trying, I was getting ready to talk about that. It feels like we're being kind of forced. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a liberal now. And I'm, I'm clearly not in that camp, but I'm just feeling the rising tide of a theocracy. Like I can feel it. I feel the rising tide of a theocracy. And you know, the ultimate version of that would be with like the, the handmaid's tale, right? But I don't, it's, and it's, it's, it's almost um, this theocracy by proxy in a lot of ways. And it's because we have such a polarity and such division in our society in such defined terms of good and evil. It's becoming very clear that there, there is, and has been for quite a while, if you've really been paying attention, that the imprint on, of evil on the world is metastasizing. So when that happens, you have, you're not evil. Some people might think you're evil, but you're not evil. Um, and then as a result of that, you have the blowback, which is people, which are people retreating or regrouping into the opposite state, which would be in our world, Christianity, God, Jesus. And again, we've seen this in the truth community. You get down, you want to get down? Take you down. All right. There you go. Thanks for up. Um, so you see this in the truth community now. You're well, you're not Christian enough. This is what happened with Jeffrey Doherty down at uh, the Let's Go Brandon event. He got into it with Stu Peters. And Stu Peters and um, uh, Jane Rubenstein. We're yelling at him for not being Christian enough because Jeffrey is a recovering Christian. And I don't watch Stu Peters, but apparently he's going deep into the God trip. And this whole God wins thing. God wins. Well, you know, God is pretty complex. And God may win in ways that you don't really understand. And God may win in ways where you may, you may think you're losing. Believe it or not, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, does God win? Well, absolutely, because, again, universe creator, prime creator, learns from its creation. I am a humble man. My ability to perceive into the vast folds and dimensions of the universe is limited, just like everybody else. But if I were God, and if I, if I were the overseer of all of this, I wouldn't want to know everything. It would become boring. Why would you want to know everything before it happened? Well, I know that this person is going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to watch them do it because out of love, I'm just going to watch them do it. And eventually they'll fall to their knees and they'll come to me. But that's a version of God, right? But if that's kind of boring. And I'm not here to slight God. Trust me. I have deep and abiding respect 
for the source of all things, because I, like I said, I know what it's like to not be in touch with that, and it ain't pretty, okay? But if I was God, I would be discovering how people respond or how people evolve or how people uh, come to theoretically me and I'd be like, oh, well, look at this and look at this and look at this. Oh, yeah, isn't that great? And, and at the same time, also play a role where certain things are being moved around that when you are in that space and you have that intention, you have that attention and really you have that love, guess what? You get more. That's the game. That is the game here, 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 here. Oh, wow. It's like, here's the cheese. Here's the cheese. Here's the cheese. Here's the cheese. This is great. I'll do more of this. Thank you very much. Please, sir. I'll have another, right? I mean, that's kind of how, that's theoretically how it works. And every now and then, when you get into a rut or you get into something that's rote, it changes because you have to evolve, right? The game changes because if it didn't change, you do the same thing over and over again with the same result and you wouldn't grow, right? So this whole idea of God is way more complex, I think, than we can fully wrap our heads around. And does God win? Yeah, sure. And the reason why is because God in, in, in this idea of creation is invested in the universe. It is invested in life. It is invested in novelty. It is invested in complexity. Because everything else is about entropy and death. And that's not really that interesting. If I was a God, that wouldn't be that interesting. Like, oh, yeah, well, there's another one. Another one bites dust. This wouldn't be that interesting. So there's this support of novelty, support of complexity, and support of creativity. But it feels to me like we're being pushed into this theocracy in some ways. feels that way. I guess that's a good segue to Roe v. Wade, huh? Let's uh, see if we can find a good source on that. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Is, that a, is this a Mercury retrograde moment or what? Uh, let me see if I can find a good. Here we go. This is the world we're living in now. It's a good place to start. Now, remember, the uh, Supreme Court, the five, quote-unquote, conservative members of the Supreme Court, I believe that they're all Jesuits. So they are voting to essentially end Roe versus Wade on a federal level. That's what's happening. And there was a, a clerk for the Supreme Court that, because they're working on this, right? This has never been done ever. Every time the Supreme Court has had a decision, the decision was news when they made the decision. But not this time, because a clerk who is obviously left-leaning and liberal, decided to leak that the Supreme Court is working on this. And this is where this is headed. And it happened overnight. 
And it's a really bad precedent. Are we not surprised? Or are we surprised? No. No, we're not. I'm not surprised because this is how the world has been socially engineered to show up at this point. You know, we're living in two separate countries right now, maybe more than two countries, but let's just, for the sake of an argument, let's just cut it in two. And within that divide, there are subgroups that have relationships that are more genial than say the other subgroups that are part of the other divide. So we're living in two separate countries. We are not the United States at all. And this decision, which looks like is going to be giving the states the right and the ability to choose whether or not they want to honor Roe v. Wade is going to happen. The precedent was set with COVID when Trump unhooked us from the union on March 13th and then doubling down a month later on April 13th, he effectively ended what we would call the United States because states at that point would be able to respond to COVID any way they want. We saw how that worked. We saw how that worked. Red states, less restrictions. Blue states, way more restrictions. And it became very clear that this is where the country was moving. Now, again, when you look at the uh, solar eclipse 2017, you know, that eclipse effectively cut the United States in two. Started in Oregon, which was the 33rd state. Came through the center of the country, right? Came down. And then it ended, the eclipse path ended at the 33rd degree parallel uh, off the coast of Florida. Cut the country in two. That's what happened. And we've been living in a divided house, a more divided house since then. One could make a case that we were living in a divided house under Obama, but the division wasn't so sharp and clear. At that time, there were a lot of conservatives and a lot of people who were not down with the Obama program who kept their mouth shut. And then Trump came along and Trump was like, Trump was like a, a couple of really stiff drinks to people who have a hard time opening up their parties. That's what Trump was. Trump was like, here, here, here. Now all of a sudden everybody's drunk with telling people how they feel, especially on the right, because the, from the right had always been connected to um, the silent generation, right? the silent majority. They don't always tell you what they were gonna do, but a lot of times they'd voted out. And that's what happened when Trump was running for president. But now they're not so silent anymore. You have all these people who are, you know, have been brought into the fold and elected 
kind of on the heels of Trump, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's one, Lauren Boebert, she's another, right? So you have these gadflies now uh, in the Congress and Senate, and you have, you know, other people like Jason Whitlock is a really good example of this people. And they're, and by the way, I am not demeaning the ability to speak one's mind. I've never shied away from that. And I, and, you know, and I support people who do either in private or in other areas of your life. And even if your ideas are ridiculous, I still support the fact that you get to share ridiculous ideas. Because that's the world we're living in. And the, you know, theoretically, the better idea or the better argument or the, the more comprehensive truth wins. That's how, that's how this thing works. But we're house divided. And this is only going to divide us even more. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If your state is into abortion, honestly, go live in that state. If, you're, if that is such a big deal to you, and you have to have that as a philosophical pillar in your life, go live in that state. If it is not important to you, and what's important to you is the right to life and everything that goes along with it, and you're in a place where they're throwing all these tax dollars, Planned Parenthood, and they're basically saying, well, you can kill your kid after a month, which I think is happening in California. Now, don't quote me on that, but I think that's, they either passed that or it's getting close to be passed. Like a month. Like a month. I was like, don't get to, don't bond with it so much. Not he or she, just don't bond with it so much. You know, see how it feels. If it doesn't feel right, just, you know, we'll take care of it. I mean, I, I think that's what's happening in California or will potentially. And I've always felt that um, abortion is a it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a bloody ritual. It's a, it's a bloody ritual and it is, it is a death ritual. And again, I, I've had my experience around it and not a very positive one. Um, and I, you know, I, I really, you know, everybody has a right to choose. If you want to, if you want to abort your kid, you know what? That's on you. Okay. That is, that is on you, but I don't think it should be tax supported at all. Not at all. Not at all. And I do believe that there are spiritual penalties because I experienced it. There are spiritual penalties for abortion. It's the way it is. And you'll learn the hard way. So if we're going to have that, right, then you may as well be able to say no to a fucking vaccine. You know, kind of works both ways. All right, let's get into uh, what's happening now because there's going to be uh, there's going to be blood on the streets, not just a Planned Parenthood. This is uh, from Twitter. Here we go. Huge crowd in front of SCOTUS, loud chance we will not go back. Where do you think this is headed? Not in a good place. Here we go. Okay, uh, seven. We, we will not go back. I will get a Skype on my face. We will not.
what are the dudes here? The dudes are all these like fat muffin fucks. Who's this guy? Looks like Rabbi Undercover. And you got this guy over here. HBCU. So he's rocking a historical black college university shirt. You know, all the dudes here are wide lows. Like, I think that's a dude. Everybody's on their cell phones. This guy's an instigator. I tell you that right now. He's an instigator and an organizer. Let's keep going. He's a producer of some sort. Also could be an organizer. Uh, so they've erected a wall around the Supreme Court, apparently. That's happening. Because now they got to protect themselves. And keep in mind, you know, these Supreme Court justices are Jesuits. And the Jesuits are known for, you know, sowing chaos. That's what they do. And they're and the Jesuits are they're, they're like entrenched. You know, they are there are two groups really who are like the right hand and the left hand of global chaos and control. Right? And the, you've got the Jesuits and the Catholics, the Jesuits inside of the Catholic order, and then you have Jewish power. The, those the, that's the right and the left hand of organized control. And they can go in either direction. They can push it to the left. They can push it to the right. They really don't care. They don't care. Now, we have the midterms coming up. We're six months out from the midterms. What's going to happen with this decision? It's going to mobilize every single theoretical, on-the-fence, liberal Democrat to vote, right? And if you've had any misgivings about Joe Biden and inflation and the fuck story of Afghanistan and the fuck story of Ukraine, what do you rally around? This. The, no matter how bad Joe Biden is, and his, his ratings are historical lows. You won't care. Inflation, who cares? Gas prices, who cares? You're starving. Your business is failing. Who cares? They're going to take away abortion. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure that we have majority rule in the House, majority rule in the Senate, and we're going to flood states with candidates. Now, the Democrats are very tricky. They're sneaky. Because what they'll do is they will run Democrats as Republicans. This happens. And some of the people that, like, I think John Cornyn, who is a state, he's a, I think he's a senator here in Texas. He's one of those guys. Like, John Cornyn put together a, a, a bill for Ukraine to get money right? 
before the war, this quote unquote war. He was he 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 was the guy who put that together, right? So did he know that it was coming? Of course he did. That's that's insider trading. Do you think John Cornyn has stocks in uh, Raytheon or Rand or McDonnell Douglas or any of these other major manufacturers of munitions, arms, guidance systems? Of course he does. Most of Washington, D.C. does. That's where the money is, right? So war is good business for them. War makes their portfolio grow. War allows them to take that fourth vacation in a year to a place where you and I probably couldn't afford to go, right? War is good for business. So this is what they do. They, they'll like, okay, well, and if they don't do it directly or, or um, covertly, if they don't do it covertly, if you're a Republican or conservative and you have any kind of dirt on you and you can be blackmailed, extorted, or, you know, you're just weak in character, you're, you're toast. And if you're not those things, you won't last long. You may, you may make it through your first term and that's it. And they will, they'll, they'll, they'll redistrict, right? And then when they redistrict, there's a good chance, you, you know, you won't be able to get the same votes. You're out. If they don't redistrict, they'll go after you. They'll ruin you. It's a, it's a dirty, 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 dirty game. But this, but this is what they will do, right? They'll use this as the clarion call to mobilize people. You know, fuck all the other things that are wrong right now. Just don't even think about voting in any other direction. This, this, we're going to die in this, and they will die in this hill. The left will die. This will be the hill that they die on, and they may. They may. There's a lot of really weird energy going on, right? We're living in this Aquarian universe, and you just. Again, just go back to the song, round and around. You know, the world it goes, where it stops, nobody knows, right? Because that's where we are. And we can look at and see what's happening. And at a certain level, we can understand the ramifications of those things. But we just don't know how it all plays out, right? I mean, in some way we do. God wins. But... In other ways, we we don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, you could have you, know, you could have a Kent State moment with these people in the streets, and then you have martyrs, right? Either real or imagined, and then you have you know so and so and so and so you know got killed today because they were standing up for uh, the right to women to choose, right? Now you got a whole martyr thing going on. I mean, and then you know how does that turn and how does that spin? And what comes out of that? And the thing that I am urging people to do, you can do whatever you want, but Aquarius is detached. That's the other thing with Aquarius. And I think we have to step back a little bit and just sort of observe and see where things are going, right? And we can make connections. We, we can bring these things together. And 
try to make sense of it in, in however way we can. But to attach an immediate meaning to the world that we're living in, I think is really dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, unless, of course, it's just so compelling that, you know, it's like, can't you see this, right? Right? You can't, you know, you're the Horton, here's a who. And in which case, hey, why not? Get out on the limb. But I would say, because we've been conditioned now to look for the smoking gun. Here's the smoking gun. Here's the smoking gun. Here's the smoking gun. And a lot of times, those things have been created for us to wrap our heads around. So, oh, see, here it is. And eh, not really. And, and I think the, you know, the, the one event that really communicates that is what happened without Baldwin in, in that movie. I mean, literally, there's a smoking gun. Is Alec Baldwin in jail? No. Has he gone to trial? No. Why? Did she even die? I'm not even sure she died. Now, what what would be the what would be the use of that? You say could be any number of things. Of course, there were some weird connections with Ukraine. We we saw that. Al Baldwin's coming out against guns. He wants to be a gun control guy, but we don't know if she really died. You, you and you think right? That's a movie set. They can do anything on a movie set. Anything, but. No trial. Will there be a trial? I don't know. No trial. Maybe the hint of an investigation, but Alec Baldwin's out in the streets running around. So if he did kill that woman and wound the other person, well, then he's a natural born killer. He's a murderer. There's a murderer amongst us. Probably more than it, just him, obviously. But that's the other thing too, right? That's a symbol. He's a symbol of somebody who's, you know, he's, there's a killer on the loose. It's Alec Baldwin. We don't always know, though, right? I mean, the most smoking of the smoking gun may not even be a smoking gun. All right. we So this whole Supreme Court thing is going to get, we're going to be talking about this now all the way up to the election and beyond. And you're going to see histrionic after histrionic after histrionic. Now, if we can like just look at the canon of events, it appears that the so-called left is having their asses kicked, right? You know, it just feels like, you know, these, these are Olympian gods just playing with the chess pieces. You know, it's like Elon Musk buying Twitter. Elon Musk, you know, getting on Bill Gates's case. Elon Musk burning AOC. And all of a sudden, Elon Musk is a champion of the people. Champion of the people, COP, cop, right? <laughs> so um, you, you see that though, right? It's like, man, the left is taking an L on Twitter. You know, their sacred domain, their clubhouse, all of a sudden, some. Somebody bought it. Somebody else bought it. And he's not going to take over until November. Gee, when in November? 
after the election? Hmm. Maybe. First Tuesday, first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. When is that? Round and around and around it goes. Where the world's heading, nobody knows. Uh, let's see. So the first Monday is the seventh. It's the eighth election day. Eleven eight. There you go. So will Elon Musk take over on November first? Maybe. But uh, that's kind of late. Kind of late in the election cycle, right? So they can still run their algorithms, although they've changed a little bit. By the way, I think Twitter had, once they got into the books, Twitter had 1.8 million users less than they had advertised. So that's bots. Those are bots. Those are, those are not real people. They're, they're associated with fake accounts. Some people have their accounts go up. I'm not one of them. Uh, let's see. Let's get into the uh, let's get into the Pfizer stuff. Yeah, talk about tearing families apart again. Roe v. Wade. By the way, when you go back and you, you look at that whole thing, she, she realized that she was wrong. Roe was wrong. And she realized it and she became a, she became a Christian. She just, she was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want this. It's not a part of, I don't want this to be a part of my life and my legacy. They never really bring that up. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the potential leaker has been possibly revealed. And um, here we go. Matt Wolking, a person called Amit Jain, clerks for Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. As a Yale student, Jane blasted Yale for supporting Brett Kavanaugh's nomination. Jane was quoted in a 2017 Politico piece by Josh Gerstein. Today, Gerstein published the draft, SCOTUS opinion on Roe. So there is a Amit Jane, Josh Gerstein connection. Isn't Amit a dude? Is that a dude name? Here we go. This is where the internet really kicks ass, though.
Why, why do these people look the part? There's a picture of them here. Who is Amit Jain, Supreme Court clerk who allegedly exposed abortion draft? Amit Jain, a Supreme Court clerk, is accused of putting his job in jeopardy. Uh, buddy, it's probably more in your job. In order to uncover the truth about the abortion draft, the entire story may be found here. When Amit Jain publicly lambasted Yale for supporting Brett Kavanaugh's candidacy, he made headlines. Amit, the CEO of Capital of Sequoia Capital India, is stepping down to follow his entrepreneurship. In a 2017 post for Politico, Jane Gerstein, Josh Gerstein, cited him. Today, Gerstein released the proposed SCOTUS Row opinion. Who is he? Uh, he's the currency of Sequoia Capital India. So Sequoia Capital is a hedge fund that's located in Silicon Valley. Uh, as a Stanford University and Indian student technology Delhi graduate. He's not even American. Okay, this is this is why this is why things are so fucked up. Okay, I, I mean you'll get Americans that'll do this shit too, right? But he's not even an American. He's like Barack Obama. Uh, Meet joined Sequoia Capital in India in 2019 as part of the Singapore-based growth stage, private equity, equity corporate investment firm from global cab giant Uber. He declared his desire to resign as CEO of the blue chip venture capital business. Lately, Sequoia Capital in India made the announcement in a series of tweets. Before joining Sequoia, Amit was the head of Asia Pacific at Uber. He is also the CEO of Rent.com, a Los Angeles-based company. TPG Capital and McKinsey and Company were among Jane's previous employers. Uh, Sequoia India is raising $2.8 billion to expand its enterprise investments in India and Southeast Asia at the time of Jane's dismissal. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor is a meet Jane. Uh, this is poorly written. The individual who recently released the abortion draft. Justice Alito's draft perspective on the legality of abortion is reported to have been leaked by Jane, thereby reversing Roe v. Wade. Since 1973, Roe v. Wade, a landmark decision that established a constitutional right to abortion, has remained a bedrock of American law. According to Politico, a leaked predicted majority opinion predicts that the U.S. Supreme Court would vote to overturn Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion. On Twitter, you can find him. Believe it or not. However, it is only a rumor that he's released this. Uh, he was born and raised in India by his family. He's also received his education, his Marxist training. I'm editorializing there. Uh, Amit seems to be from a lower middle class background. His parents' names and hometown are unknown. So he's like some Lord Millionaire. Why do these guys look? He looks like somebody who would leak the fucking. Report, right? He looks like a little cock. So there you go. The meet Jane. I think there could be a, a karaoke version. You could use the uh, karaoke instrumental of Sweet Jane. 
put a meat Jane in there instead. It's just a little, let's look him up here. I gotta make sure I got time to uh, share the, uh, the story. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, I wonder if he still has his Twitter account. Let's see. Uh, I think he's gone dark. I think the dude ended his Twitter account. So this is this is really weird, right? This guy is he's the CEO of Sequoia India. Sequoia, one of the big hedge funds in the world, located in Silicon Valley. So they're into Silicon Valley kind of shit, right? He's on rent.com. He's a CEO there. He's got, he's got, this dude's got reach. He graduated from Stanford. Something happens at Sequoia, India. And he starts clerking for Sonia Sotomayor. What is that about? whole thing is kind of weird, right? You think that people, now I think the guy who was in charge of, um, what's her name? AOC's campaign is another one of these Indian dudes who made a fair amount of money in the tech space and then understood how to use technology, how to use the social space, how to use um, marketing and ads and, you know, just figuring out the internet, right? I mean, that's how the guy made his money. But he was a subversive because his idea was to get people like AOC and a bunch of other people elected. And some of them under the guise of being Republicans. Forget his name. Then you have this guy basically kind of pulled. So it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird. And I know that one of the things that's cool about Indian people is they assimilate like they are into assimilating. They want to be part of the, part of the community. And they, they want their, they want their kids to be, you know, doing all these activities that other kids do. I've seen it. I've been around it. They're not like other groups that don't assimilate. They're into it. Right. But this is like a high level of over assimilation. Just saying. Um, all right, let me find this story. I, I, you know, I keep wanting to go back to the Pfizer stuff. Let's see if I can go back to the Pfizer stuff. I got a little derailed there by a, a meat Jane. Let's see. Oh, and if you think the Trump derangement syndrome was bad, just just wait. This abortion thing, this Roe v. Wade thing is going to make Trump derangement syndrome look look like a, a minor complex. So this is happening now. And this is from a website called Prepare for Change. I got nine minutes left, so I got to make sure this is going to be good here. I'm just going to give it to you. So if you want to 
um, pass the information around because it's getting buried beneath the leak. And a lot of Ukraine stuff is getting buried uh, beneath the leak too. But I'm just going to put this in chat. Right there. Do a quick look at that really quickly. And so you guys can follow up on that. Let's do a quick share. Pfizer documents released by court order show 3.7% death rate from vaccine, many more serious injuries, and an extensive cover up. Naomi Wolf has been going through the tens of thousands of pages of documents a federal court forced Pfizer to release from its FDA submission for COVID-19 mRNA vaccine approval. She released the data on the war room pandemic this morning, Steve Bannon's channel. So there you go. This is gonna get buried because we're gonna be dealing with Roe v. Wade. All right, I'm going to try to cover more of this tomorrow. We're going to have a part two with this show. All right. Not to keep you hanging in suspense any longer because I don't have a lot of time left. I'm going to try to uh, resurrect this uh, story here. There's two stories. This is the first one, and resurrection is part of it. And I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible because it's worth mentioning. Now, this took place in South America. Dead woman bangs on coffin to say she's alive during her own funeral. This is just the last few days. Woman rushed to hospital after banging on coffin at her own funeral. So they, they made this decision that this woman had died. And then there, she's, bang, she's banged on the coffin, right? And then they figure out she's not dead and they rush her back to the hospital. So now they've just found out she's actually alive. They rush her back to the hospital and guess what? She dies. Sorry, it's got a bad ending. This is in Peru. Remember, the eclipse was in that part of the world. This is a weird Taurus Scorpio thing, right? Death, resurrection. Death again. It's really weird. Very weird. A very attractive young woman, too. Right there she is. She's not going to make it. Apparently, she was in some kind of a coma. But that's not the story I want to share with you. I, that was one of the stories. But this is the one. I got six minutes. I got to do this one justice. Don't ask me how this whole thing works but apparently it's true and real. Man who had penis on his arm for six years finally has it attached between his legs. So this guy had a prosthetic dick attached to his arm for six years and finally, finally had it stuck between his legs. Malcolm McDonald, 
says it's something to tell the grandchildren. You think? A man who had his penis on his arm for six years has shared his happiness after it was finally attached between his legs. Malcolm McDonald, 47, suffered from a dreadful infection that caused his penis to turn black and fall off in the toilet in 2010. This guy's been without a dick the last 12 years. He felt like a shell of a man, although fresh hope was offered when doctors offered to build him a, a new six-inch penis. Why stop at six? I mean, if you're going to have a new penis made, like, hey, man, can you, can you bump that up to maybe a nine or a ten? Maybe he could only afford six. The $50,000 NHS-funded creation was due to be placed on his groin in 2015, but a lack of oxygen meant it was instead grafted on his arm. The dad said he was living a nightmare as he had to cover it up with long sleeves when the COVID pandemic and hospital delays meant his surgery was pushed back. But he has quipped it's something to tell the grandchildren after a nine-hour operation recently fixed his probe. Discussing the ordeal in a new Channel 4 documentary, he said the first thing I did was look down. I was like, oh my days, they got it this time. I feel like a real man again. There he is. Thoroughly getting his body back to normal, he has hopes there could be a turning point in his life. My luck in life hasn't been too good so far, but it could only go bad for so long, can't it? Now that is the right attitude. No dick attached to his arm, waiting for the day when he can finally get it attached, seeing that his life has been a string of bad luck. He's managed to keep a positive attitude. Can you imagine six years of your life with a penis swinging on your arm? It's been a nightmare, but it's gone now. The little bastard. It was previously revealed that Malcolm was initially so pleased with his new penis, he nicknamed it Jimmy. But things became tough when people occasionally spotted it on his arm. While he was out drinking at his local pub in Norfolk, Malcolm attempted to laugh it off and even learned how to tuck his darts under it. There's a use for it. I get it. It's not every day you see a man with a penis on his arm. Of course, I see the funny side. I have to. I don't have any other option. I couldn't laugh at the willy on my arm. I'd be finished. You think your life's bad? If you're a dude, you're walking around with a hole between your legs and the thing that's supposed to be there is living on your arm for six years. Professor David Ralph, an expert in phallus construction at London's University College Hospital, who's known as the penis master, created out of flesh from Malcolm's arm. Eventually be able to prepare it for sex uh, with a pump in his scrotum, which is filled with a saline solution. Oh boy. The man with a penis on his arm is set to air on channel four, 10.05 PM on Tuesday. I got to get this guy in the show. I got to get him as a guest. Steve, can you work on that? Can you get Malcolm on the show? Malcolm with no middle. The guy's the hero. It's a fucking hero. Heroes are hard to find. Pun not intended. Okay. That's it for today. Thanks for being here. Uh, back tomorrow, 9-11, Standard Time. 
we'll do some follow-up on the Roe v. Wade stuff, on the Pfizer stuff. Things are going to get hot. They're going to get heavy, right? Put your armor on, but keep your heart open. Take care. Bye for now.